Hey everyone, Manny here. Just a quick word about this episode. We did have a few issues with our microphones and there were a couple technical difficulties in editing. So there are a few moments where the audio might clip really quickly or it might just sound a little bit different. So just a heads up, apologies in advance, but the episode was a great one. Thank you so much to Christian for being on this episode and I hope you enjoy it. Good day and welcome to episode 49 of the Ombra Gaming Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Manny, and as always, I'm here with Matt, and I'm here with Steve, and we're also joined by a very special guest. We're joined by Christian, uh, a.k.a. Pixel Brave. Uh, Christian, how's it going, man? Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, Christian, as context, uh, I met Christian at PAX, just like I met a handful of other awesome people. Um, I know your work from Twitter and the work that you do with the kind of funny community and, and, and beyond. Yeah. So huge fan and, uh, your work is amazing. So we're really happy that you're here and we'll have you go into more about, uh, your story and your work in a little bit, but we appreciate the fact that you're here, man. Thanks for taking some time, Matt, Steve. Hello. 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 How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you doing, Matt? <laughs> Just hey, I'm also doing all right. How are you doing, Manny? I'm doing fine. Why is everybody talking weird? <laughs> um, Just roll with it. You know, it's something new. Just something new. We're all going to do newscaster voices now. Uh, well, we're excited to get this show going because we have a lot of exciting things to talk about. The topic of today's podcast is the intersection of film and gaming. Um, so an earlier episode we did many, many moons ago was about our favorite movies that were inspired by games. But this is a little bit different because we have Christian here who knows his shit and knows more about sort of filmmaking than we will ever know. We would love to get some of your insight about like where the overlap of gaming and film takes place, like what that looks like, what kind of elements that you see in games that, that come from filmmaking um, and maybe like some inside techniques that you, you might know about and pick up on that. You know, the average gamer might not. That's a lot of stuff. I'm not sure I am qualified to speak on. Well, you hold a camera more than we hold cameras. So you must know something more. Um, but before we get to any of that, let's keep the house. First up on housekeeping, please follow us on social media. We are at Ombra Gaming on Instagram and at Ombra underscore gaming on Twitter, where you can keep up with all of our tweets and all of our pictures and all the rad shit we put out into the social media world. We would love it if you followed us there. You can also follow us at twitch.tv slash Ombra underscore gaming, where we stream almost every single day of the week on a variety of platforms. And we stream a bunch of rad things. Uh, what was the last thing we streamed? What's today? Today's Thursday. Yesterday, uh, Spider-Man, right? Steve? More Spider-Man, yep. More Spider-Man. Are you playing Spider-Man, Christian? I started. I uh, Nice. I got to the first tutorial, and I had to stop. Uh, we did record a spoiler cast. So once you finish that game, Christian, go ahead and check it out. And you can find that spoiler cast, great segue, at ombregaming.com where all of our content lives, all of our articles, all of our reviews, all the things we create, including every single episode of this very podcast, exists at ombregaming.com. So check it out. Give it a read or a listen or a look or whatever you do on a website. A click, maybe? I don't know. Uh, we would appreciate it. Click it! Um, also, 
while we're on the topic of supporting people on the internet, Christian, if people wanted to see your work, where can they find you? Oh, find me anywhere at Pixel Brave. You'll find most of my videos on Twitter and um, usually previews to those full videos on Instagram. If you want to talk to me about games, I'm on PSN. Everywhere you can think of, I'm there as Pixel Brave. Awesome, awesome. Well, again, we're stoked that you're here. And if you're enjoying what we produce on our website, if you're enjoying our streams and everything we put on social media, and if you're enjoying this podcast, I'll tell you what, you can help us grow over at patreon.com slash Gaming, where every single dollar will go right back into the show and make us the very best damn podcast we can possibly be. We have an amazing, amazing group of supporters there that help us pay the bills. And by that, I mean... They don't really pay us a salary. It's not enough for us to like quit our day jobs. We all got jobs. Some of us have jobs. But uh, you can join that amazing group of supporters and help us grow at patreon.com slash Gaming. We would love it if you threw us a buck or two. And of course, as always, this episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Nerdiest Brands. Nerdiest Brands is a fantastic website that features products from vendors and designers all over the world no matter the nerdy fandom so go ahead over to nerdiest brands that's n-e-r-d-i-o-u-s brands.com and thank you to them for sponsoring the show let's keep it going so christian like i stated earlier in the show we like to play a game in the beginning of every episode and sometimes that game is you know we have one called past the sticks where we talk about the games that we've been playing recently uh we'll have a game called uh guess the game where we describe games in one to two sentences and the contestants have to guess what game it is today you are our lone contestant in a game called who said it what so this oh, game man <laughs> this game so actually we had ian from okay beast on the show recently and he played guess the game he got three out of six okay so the way this game is played is we have six quotes for you from various video games. Six quotes. Six quotes. Matt only made two, I bet. No, I made three. Okay. What were you about to say? You were about to be like, oh, guys. Wait, you said he was the lone contestant, but you're a contestant too. No, I'm the moderator. I'm the, I'm the game show host uh. for this game. <laughs> Why is that a deal breaker for you, Matt? Because <laughs> I geared like one of them sort of towards you. That's fine. If you can pick up on the one that he may be geared towards me, you can lifeline me. You can use me as a lifeline. And All right, I'll help but then that means you can't do any like hints. So no facial expressions. No like, oh, I know that yep. one. Like you can't None, do any I, of that. I won't. I'll, I'll be a straight shooter the whole time. So we have six quotes, and you get three yes or no questions oh, per quote. Okay. So you can ask things like, is this a male character? Is this a female character? Uh, did the game come out in the last two years? Et cetera, et cetera. I, mine um, are multiple choice. Oh, my God, Matt. Yeah, no. Oh, they're, what? It's <laughs> supposed to be, yeah, right? No, they're all? Yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. Who said it is you say a quote, and then you give three options, and he picks one of them. Oh, the see? Options. Wow, the that, moderator yeah. didn't even know the game. Yeah. Okay. The game played. That's, so is it multiple choice, or is it yes or no? No, no. Questions? So so what it's we'll do is we'll choice. give you a quote, and then we'll give you three characters it could be, and then you okay. pick the one who said it. Okay. I feel a lot better now. Uh, let's get it going. First up will be Matt. What is your first quote? I never knew you in life. Your first life, anyway. You died on a battlefield long before my time. Is that Hera from God of War, the prophet Velen from World of Warcraft, or Ghost from Destiny 2? Let's Ghost. Let's, 
That's Ghost from Destiny 2. Okay, Christian says Ghost from Destiny 2. The answer is Ghost from Destiny 2. Hey. All right, so you got one point. Off to a good start. Steve, what is your quote? Tell them. I'm the little girl that broke your fucking finger. Well, that's Ellie from The Last of Us, right? Holy oh! shit! <laughs> I don't even need those multiple that's, that's choice. That's a great line. That's, what, that's It is how, such a good oh, line. That's a yeah. such wow. a good no, moment. The so, yeah, I went, with the, shit. I went with a theme for my quotes. They're all quotes from games that have strong cinematic elements. Oh, so, nice. You know, yeah, yeah. I did the same thing. Here. I definitely yeah, did, did you? the same thing. Did you? Uh-huh. World of Warcraft? Uh, well, Yes. All right, again, continuing your, your quality streak off to a very good start. Matt, what is your next quote for Christian? Suffer me now. Is that Nosferatu from Nosferatu, Wrath of Malachi? <laughs> is it Moira from Overwatch? Or is it Celebrimbor from Shadow of Mordor? I'm going to say, I'm just going to guess, uh, what was the, um, no way, um, Overwatch, right? Yeah, I'm guessing that. That sounds like... Yeah, I, I can kind of imagine. I've seen Overwatch gameplay. That sounds like a character quote. Yes, so the answer is Celebrimbor. But I threw Moira in there as a distraction because she says, I will not be denied, which is, like, very similar. And her character is... Like, she could say, suffer me now, is yeah. basically what I'm saying. What else does Moira say when she's triggering her ult? I don't know. Moira. No, I just, I just <laughs> hey, like it when she powers. says, I will not be denied. It's fucking dope. Okay. All right. So you're two out of three right now. Uh, let's keep it going. But you also did get one without even hearing the options. So That's true. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. I don't know how that applies, but Steve, what is your next quote? My next quote, in the movies, the hero always saves the girl. Is this Nathan Drake, Solid Snake? Or Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. It would have been great if you had a third rhyming name. <laughs> or Jimmy Jake. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going with uh, Peter. Peter Parker? Anybody else want to wager a guess? Just for kicks? I was also going to say Peter Drake. Parker. Sounds like something he'd say. You're all wrong. It's Solid Snake. Really? Oh, damn. Yeah, that's in the scene that's right before Otacon goes, do you believe that love could bloom even on a on battlefield? battlefield? Yeah, yeah. I, I really oh, yeah, that's But I didn't yeah, want to go with I, I didn't want to go with that quote because that's way too obvious. So I yeah. went with the one before Super it. obvious. So we're two you're, you're two for four. Uh Matt, what is your next quote for Christian? Sure. Wait, is it this is your final quote, yes. correct? Okay. This final quote. It's worth double points. Is it? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, quote. You knew it was me all along, didn't you? Is that every bad guy from a Scooby-Doo episode? <laughs> uh, so is that Psychomantis from Metal Gear Solid? Is it Aldrin Sav from Destiny 2? Or is it Dr. Eggman from Sonic Heroes? <laughs> oh my gosh. But I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with um, Eggman. It's Eggman. It's Eggman. What a throwback! Uh, all right, Steve. What is your final quote for Christian? All right, my final quote. Now I won't I won't be shocked if you don't get this one. That's pretty obscure. Whose shoes are these? Was it a sinister demon, children, and or their friends, or the confused father? <laughs> this is a callback from a previous episode we had. Whose shoes are these? Oh man. And that's these these people's names. Like like in the credits, it's like a, a confused yeah. father and names uh, yeah. the characters. Yeah. Yep. A bunch of kids, a father and a what? What sinister demon? 
Sinister Demon. Sinister Demon, kids and their friends, or a confused father. I'm going to say the confused father. You got it. It's it is the confused father. father. He is so confused because he can't figure out whose shoes they are. I'm imagining. Uh, is this from a uh, Heavy Rain? <laughs> it's, it could be from Heavy it's Rain. Kojima. So that's actually really funny because last. So last week, what this comes from is we did a game called Steam or Steve, where I made up games and I took weird games from Steam, and they had to figure out which was fake and which was real. So whose shoes are these? Was <laughs> the the hit game? And I made that up, and so we decided to rock with it. But so we someone made a David Cage line That's because like, man, he was like, "Yeah, this seems like a point and click, like Detroit Become Human." And I was like, "Yeah, actually, David Cage wrote like, it." Wrote it, yeah. So it's funny that that you sounds up like that sounds rain. like I can imagine the character walking around being like, Yeah, like analyzing different shoes, like yeah, Detroit Become Human style. Well, Christian, you hit four out of six, right? Is my is that math right? Yes. Yeah, okay. No. Not a math guy. Didn't he get five? Yeah. Maybe? No, four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, four out of six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, none of us are math guys, clearly. Uh, congratulations, Christian. You oh, passed. Yes. Oh, I get to continue the show. This right. episode. Yeah, We usually when our guests, you know, when they don't pass, we just kick them off. And then we just continue the episode without them. So let's uh, get into the topic of the podcast, which, as I stated at the beginning of the show, is the intersection of film and games. Um, different from the conversation we had in the past, which was like the inspiration that movies take from games or movies that are just based on games. But um, I think now more than ever, Christian, you mentioned Kojima. You look at something like Death Stranding. There's not only like talent from the film industry being sort of infused into games, but I'm sure there are a lot of elements that we see uh, in games that we love that come from filmmaking. Some that like normal folks like us pick up on and some that maybe, you know, have a keener eye for it like you, Christian. But I guess let's start. I usually like to start these conversations with like a baseline question and my baseline question for everybody. And we'll start with you, Christian, if that's cool. Is there a game that whether it was inspired by film? Not necessarily inspired, but like whether it's a certain scene or it's a certain way that like angles are used, whether it's like first person or third person or whatever else, um, that you're like, oh, like I- I've seen this in film before. That's neat. You know what I mean? I, w- I mean, the first ones that come to mind are obviously the, like the Naughty Dog ones, Uncharted. I mean, those are basically blockbusters that we're playing through. So, but I'm trying to. The, I guess the inner debate is like the, that I'm having right now is like. Do I only think about how those games present cutscenes? Well, I think like Uncharted is an interesting one because I remember when I first started playing Uncharted 4, I forget who I was talking to, but I was like, yeah, I feel like I'm just playing through a movie, which at the time didn't really move the needle for me. But I think after a while it became like after you adjust, after I adjusted my expectations for like what the game was, which was like, really cinematic set pieces in between smaller action sequences like that that made the game so much more enjoyable and like so much more intense for me because it was like we were playing through a a blockbuster movie that was really long so that i do agree and like if you look at other naughty dog games like um the last of us yeah and uh what's the other the the big action one like just cause uses a lot of the same like actiony cinematic elements in that in that game as well i think it's like a a, one reason why it might be hard for me to think of them is because a lot of times it's not like i just block it from my mind yeah if i start seeing like a like a a game is 
trying to use like filmmaking techniques to tell a story if they're not done well obviously so obviously if it's done well then it those stick in my mind most recently there were some really nice cinematic really well done uh uh scenes that were really well directed in uh uncharted 4 so those are really fresh in my mind but uh i actually don't really like a lot of how like the directing for scenes was done in the last of us so as i'm recalling some of those scenes i was like was i thinking about the last one was like no i can actually recall that feeling of being like I don't even want to think about the cutscenes in this right now because I'm yeah. just not really digging how they're being directed. Like, what what about them didn't really jive with you? I think in general, maybe because a lot of games they stick to a pretty wide uh, field of view, True. a lot of mid and wides. And me personally, like, I really get into a film that uh, will get in close. You know, that's yeah. where you find the most emotion is there in the eyes, in the face. And most games don't go in. Um, actually, man, dude, now that you, it's crazy how, like, one thought leads to another, that's one of the many reasons why I love the Kingdom Hearts franchise. No matter how small or big the game is, it's, if it's, like, the, uh, the PS4, uh, one that's coming around the corner, or, like, the mobile game ones, there's also, there's always eventually a cutscene, even the Dream Drop Distance and, and the three, three, five, eight over two days, those ones that went to mobile, those eventually had cutscenes. Even though the gameplay doesn't look the best, they will cut eventually to a cutscene. And those are some of my favorite directed cutscenes. And it is because a lot of them are character moments. They're moments that happen after a battle. And so they do actually have really tight shots um, that are just enough room to get the two characters' heads in as they're talking. And and that's an example of like, that was something that, I remember more fondly because it's like, oh, the, they're not afraid to put the camera in a bit closer. Uh, yeah. What about uh, you, Matt? What are some of the games that are, are a game that you remember being particularly cinematic and, and like how it stood out to you? I was thinking just when when you were talking, Christian, about like, because I want to talk about I did some research on cutscenes, So I want to talk about cutscenes separately. But I was trying to think about like gameplay like me playing a game and it feels cinematic and i was and my mind went to well the halo series and like not i I wouldn't say that the halo series is cinematic but i would say the feeling of playing it is cinematic you're like in an action movie you're like running through like this alien world like shooting aliens and then my mind went to halo odst which had a definitely different tone than the other games. You're an orbital drop ship trooper, drop shock trooper. I forget drop. what the S. I think it's drop ship. Is that what the S trooper. stands for? Yeah. And um, I think so. And that game felt cinematic because it had a. Um, it, it was just very like dark and morose. Um, you're running around uh, or walking around, sneaking around this world. Um, you the music and the tone it felt like almost noir like film noir like playing that game um and it just like i don't know i guess tone in that game was really powerful which is what i'm likening to a a movie like movies have tones you know and i'm sure like a huge part of it it has to do with the soundtrack as well like the score for score for sure yeah it was and i think maybe also like the uniqueness of it in terms of the halo series yeah, it was just very different, and maybe that's why it's coming to mind, too, and bringing up those feelings. What about you, Steve? 
So like, honestly, these are the games I gravitate towards. I love the narrative solo player experience. Like I love a heavy emphasis on cinematic themes and like great cutscenes. I have three that jump to mind immediately. The first of which, I'm sorry, Christian, I got to disagree with you on Last of Us. <laughs> so the reason why is just because that game, it provides almost like you're playing a cinematic experience where it, like, it came out on the PS3. You could tell it was pushing the PS3 to its limits, but when it came out on the PS4 for the remaster, it was a lot of fun and it was just, it was beautiful. Like it, they, they, kind of rendered everything perfectly so it wasn't like you didn't have those frame rate drops like you saw on the ps3 um, but i loved the over the shoulder camera that it used because that game used a lot of horror elements that it's not a horror game at all it's not even like a real survival game but it uses survival horror elements throughout where you're always kind of on the run you never feel like you have enough ammo and the way it kind of just like zooms in on those super tense scenes like like the quote I used earlier when Ellie bites that fucking finger off that moment was so intense because it's building it's building you can sense the tension and then bam like you have that high impact moment so I loved that game because the the cutscenes were really well done but throughout the entire game you felt like you were actually kind of playing almost like a horror movie which was really interesting and then also like the sound effects in that game. Like if you play that with headphones on, the sounds the clickers make is absolutely terrifying. That's like the and reason that just why I put it down initially. Well, that's why like that's why I love it because it adds like that tension building. It adds some real horror to it. And I love yeah. the horror genre in general. In terms of cutscenes, I always go to Metal Gear Solid Four. Like that game had yeah. like what nine hours worth of cutscenes or some shit. But I've watched them all multiple times because I love that game. I love Kojima. So I think there's a the episode where we talked about the anniversary of metal gear, that game holds the record for a, the longest cutscene at I think 27 minutes. And then it also holds the most, the game with the most cutscenes or something. It holds like a, another cutscene. It has like the, the longest total amount of cutscenes. Like yeah. it's, it's absurd. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but they were all so well done. It was you were playing these awesome moments as Snake, but then you had the time to sit back and like watch this incredible story unfold. And of course, it's Kojima. It's convoluted. Like there's so much retconning in Metal Gear Solid Four to make up for so many plot holes in the previous games. Doesn't matter. I eat it all up because it's actually really well directed. Like you can criticize like some of his sophomoric humor all you want, because at the end of the day, I feel like he has the soul of a 12, 12 year old boy. It's true, but. The way he directs games is second to none. Like, he, he's a genius in that aspect. So, like, even if you're the biggest Kojima hater, I think you can respect the fact that he knows how to direct a really good, entertaining cutscene. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, the most recent, God of War. I love the combination of the never-cut shot because you saw it with the movie Birdman, and then you've seen episodes like True Detective d did it, um, Charlie Work and Always Sunny did it, where they just don't cut for an entire episode pretty much. And it's, it's such a cool concept where the camera just never goes away. It's always following this one main character, no matter where they're going. And it yeah. flows seamlessly from action to scripted cutscene. You don't see a break. The only time you ever see a break in the action is if you decide to fast travel. So yeah. that was like the perfect culmination of combining film elements with um, completely immersive gameplay. And I think it also speaks to Christian's point about the camera getting up close because... God of War was not afraid to get in close, and it did it in, the, in, like you said, a totally seamless way where the camera was behind 
Kratos, and then it would like very falsely swing around, and you would get a really good look at his facial expressions and how he talks to his son, or you know, like when he fa- when he sees a gigantic enemy for the first time, how he sort of reacts to it. Um, for me, Metal Gear Solid Five, obviously, like that game is tremendous, and I think like it being a more recent gen game, like the fidelity and the detail in the character models is awesome, <clears throat> is awesome and creates much more of a cinematic experience. Um, but the one I wanted to touch on was left for dead. So it's, it's a zombie shooter, but it, it has this like self-awareness and it, so there's like four, I think four or five characters and it's like your classic zombie survivor characters. It's like the rich guy wearing a suit, the old guy, Bill, it has like, I think like a, a football coach like a high school football coach who has like a really strong personality so like you have like your very classic sort of cliche like b movie zombie characters um and as the as the every level is loading there's like a poster in the style of a movie and it'll be like starring bill star you know and like all the characters and so there's like and like the dialogue between characters is very campy and it's like i said there's this self-awareness about that game that's like oh i'm playing a cheap zombie movie game and i think the same is true for like friday the 13th right like that game yeah and like uh until dawn that's a perfect example of a video game that is exactly a horror movie you're playing through a horror movie and i'm gonna try to play that this year i've I've always been meaning to make time for it um so the next question i wanted to ask you guys is is there a movie or a movie sort of subgenre that you would like to see more infused in video games so like you just mentioned horror steve um and i think I don't think there's any like lack of horror games, but is there like, for example, a specific horror movie that you think because of its like cinematic elements would make a really good video game? Or is there like a really good action movie that you think would make a really good video game because of that cinematic crossover? That's kind of tough because there are so many great choices that you could go with. Because like with when I go to horror movies, it's tough to make up anything that's like really gonna top what Until Dawn did. Because Until Dawn just really took that whole campy kind of like teenage horror genre and they nailed it. Like they they have the perfect cast of those typical stereotype characters you see, and they are all played so well. And then the interactivity where what you do actually matters. Like you can make it through the game where everybody survives. You can make it through the game where one person survives. Is that the game where there's a level? where you have to hold the controller really still. Oh yeah, that happens multiple times. And that's, you can't that's move an the controller. Run. Yeah. And if you move that's... it then they like hear you and they can come kill yeah, you or they, something. Yeah, and they murder you yeah. viciously. And you can't like put it down because then you're moving it. No, yeah, you can't because it just pops up. It's like, oh yeah, don't move now. It's like, ah fuck. Yeah. So you just sit there. So that game it, it really hit the nail on the head. I know they have Supermassive Games has that anthology coming out starting that's next right. year. So I'm really looking forward to that. That's right. Because I think they found their niche. Like they're just like, you know what? We know exactly what we can do. We we can make these solid horror interactivity experiences where people get to ch- kind of choose their own path and make things happen and tell their own horror story, which is what a lot of horror fans want. Like they want kind of new takes on it and they want to feel like they're part of the experience. Like yeah. that's why we watch horror movies because we want to feel something. We want to get that scare, that like tension where like sure. you feel the chill up your spine. In terms of, like, a horror movie I'd love to see actually made, I think it'd be cool to have, like, a Halloween game made through the perspective of Laurie Strode. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Like, almost like a survival horror game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be <laughs> rad. Where, like, obviously, like, definitely not, like, an open world, but it's just, like, a, a narrative-based, maybe, like, an eight- to ten-hour experience sure. where, like, you're trying to survive Halloween night and, like 
try to rescue like certain people that you know he's gonna go after and shit like that. Yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun. What about you, Christian? I just love Halloween. Is there a movie that you would like to see turned into a game because of like w- the way it stood out, like cinematically, like from a film experience? Not in particular. Usually, I'm trying to think of it the other way around. Usually, yeah. I'm trying to think of games that would make good movies. I mean, are, are there any that you would want to see turned into movies? Oh man, dude, I just want them all to be movies. If I can just watch them because <laughs> it's so hard to find the time, man. Like anything, I would love to be a good movie. Like near Persona Five, like those would be great movies. After like Lord of the Rings and all that stuff like finished like we don't get too many high fantasy stuff but i'd love to get like uh, man dude for example i was gonna say i don't, I don't say i don't say we don't get any good fantasy movies but like dude final fantasy 15 the movie that was a really good that, that was if, I, if that would been live action that, that'd be not awesome. that was cgi anime, anime right that was cgi yeah. and i got to see that in the theaters and like i got like kind of teary-eyed at one moment uh because i'm like a really big fan of yoko shimomura and she does like she did a lot of the the tracks for uh the soundtrack and uh like there's this when she there's this moment in the movie where you just it just clearly comes through through these big theater speakers and i'm just like man like this is the closest i'm getting to like seeing a a concert you know is being in this big theater environment getting to hear it you know full blast um sorry i went on a tangent right there no it's all good (laughs) (laughs) um but there's not a particular game that i wanted to see but in general like i i kind of got I, not so much a, a title of a movie in particular, but in general, regarding the, the the thought of movies becoming games, I think that we shouldn't look to, like... I feel like the classic approach is to turn it into an open-world, third-person, whatever. But I think, right now, the place to tell the best stories, for filmmakers anyways, would be in VR. And I don't yeah. think that space is being explored nearly enough. And there's actually been a lot of moments where I'll think of a short film, and then without even meaning to, now I'm starting to think of like, oh, wait, like, how would I tell this story in VR where, right. you know, the, the, the audience is getting to experience this story? Yeah, we've, we've talked about VR, I feel like, a fair amount um, on this show. The most recent game I played uh, on VR is Moss. Have you, have you played this game? No, I don't have VR yet, but that one, that one yeah. uh, looked really good. From a storytelling perspective, it's, it's beautiful. So for those who are unfamiliar, Moss is about like a small mouse and it's like a it's like a sort of a fantastical journey that this mouse goes on and there's like um it was originally on playstation and then it went to psvr and then now it's i think on all vr platforms but the way it's played in vr is you are like almost like a god and you are looking down on the level just like it is in the game and you know the controls you use make the mouse like move through the level so it's almost like a 3D platformer kind of thing, but at certain points, like the mouse will like walk up to your point of view and like interact with you. Then like um, if you look down into a body of water, you'll see like the reflection. So I thought that was a really unique way to tell this story in VR because you don't take the perspective of the mouse. You don't take the, you know, it's not third person over the shoulder of this little mouse. You're just looking at it like like in a sort of side scrolling platformer perspective almost. But at the same time, you can, like, step into the forest and, like, you know, go on the other side of the mouse and, like, experience whatever's going on over there. So I do, yeah, I mean, like, the story, the environmental storytelling that can that can happen in VR is really cool. What about you, Matt? We haven't, we haven't asked this one to you yet. Is there a game that stands out because of its cinematic elements that you would want to see as a movie or vice versa? No, I was thinking of movie TV themes or, like, types of movie and TV that has not been turned into games at least 
not in like a really really good way and i was thinking like someone could make a really good like detective murder mystery game and like what's that one that um la noir it wanted to do it but i feel like it missed the mark you know and i feel like in terms of like tension and you know making the player feel tension and stuff like that i feel like a murder mystery could be a really good way to do so and you can incorporate a lot of like strategies used in film to like create tension into like a murder mystery game you know yeah i feel like mad max there was a little bit of that uh, not mad max what am i thinking of steve it's like, just no, like plain murder in that bit. there's yeah. no mystery uh, max Payne, the other max in the most recent Max Payne, there was a little bit of that sort of monologuing, almost like noir kind of gameplay, where he was yeah, because like, he was a uh, washed up drunk, you know. Right, that was a good game. Max it doesn't Payne even have to be noir. It was a fantastic it just has game. Has to be like a mis- mystery. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say that honestly, that's kind of what Heavy Rain was. It, you're solving a like a serial killer case, um, but it gets padded down with a lot of other fluff and some questionable writing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What was that game? What was that move? Uh, our show? Uh, I feel like a true detective game would be intense. Like like season one, true detective, the the true true detective. Um, yeah. So like you kind of like imagine if David Cage could actually write something good, he could make a cool series like that because you have like the on the job stuff because that's a, a, almost like a lot of what like uh, Fahrenheit, the Indigo Prophecy was. You do stuff on the job as cops, and then you go do stuff like in their personal life and things like that. It's just the writing was so shallow and shitty. So, like, if it was like a really good writer taking that that task on, I'd say it'd be amazing because you could actually see the different elements of their personalities and try to like make right choices. I guess like that has so much potential. Yeah, I, and I I do like the combination of like we see movies because it's like a it's a one way street of experiencing a medium right you go to the movie you pay your ticket you sit down and the movie movies at you right whereas like a video game like you're engaging you're interacting and it's something i've said before but i I honestly believe that video games are the most immersive form of art and so i like the combination of taking the taking the storytelling experience of a movie and then giving me agency over it giving me control over it i think that's like that's amazing and i mean like surprising we've gone this far without mentioning more of death stranding but i think that is a particular like that's a particular case because not only are there people like guillermo del toro norman reedus mads mickelson who are like notable figures in the film industry getting involved but like you said like kojima wants i mean it's it's been documented he wanted to be a filmmaker before he got into video games that was his like goal um and so like now for him to make this like ridiculous mutant child that's like a uh a hybrid of film and video gaming i think is tremendous so i wanted to talk about cutscenes in games which are literal cinematics inserted into gaming and so and so i was doing some research on our favorite website wikipedia oh i thought our favorite website was ombergaming.com slash read oh sorry second favorite website <laughs> yeah. wikipedia so there's like a few types of cutscenes which i learned one of which are like live action cutscenes right another is like pre-rendered which is like using cgi and then there's also real-time cutscenes whereas when you use like the in-game engine to have a movie so like halo does a lot of that um and then other games like world of warcraft starcraft basically anything blizzard does has in a cgi inserted cutscene 
uh, Destiny 2, things like that. Interesting fact, the first cutscene ever inserted into like a game um, was Pac-Man. And they had brief comical interludes, this is a quote from Wikipedia, about Pac-Man and Blinky chasing each other. Uh, and Space Invaders 2 also had a similar technique in, in 1980s when that happened. A game designer, Ron Gilbert, in 1987, who made Maniac Mansion, coined the term cutscene, huh. which is also interesting. Yeah, and pretty cool. And then another cool fact I learned is that cutscenes became more prevalent once games were shipped on CD-ROMs because CD-ROMs had more space yeah. on them so game developers could put cutscenes in them, which is like also super interesting. But one person that doesn't like cinematics or cutscenes in games is Steven Spielberg, who happens to be an avid gamer. A second one, film director, who is quoted, and I will read the quote, as hating cutscenes in games, is in fact Guillermo del Toro. What? <laughs> Which is very interesting, since he's working with someone who inserts insanely long cinematics in his uh, in cutscenes in his games. And the quote is, I'm a gamer. My daughters are gamers. We spend countless hours in the game universe. You know what kind of gamer I am? I am. When we come to a cinematic, I jump it. I go, I'm not watching a movie. Fuck you. I want a game. You can selectively take control away from the gamer for a few seconds, but don't render him inactive. That's awesome. Throw in some heat. I fucking love that. So he definitely hasn't played Metal Gear Solid 4 then. Or he has, and he has sent some angry emails to Hideo Kojima. Um, that's crazy. That's really interesting. And he's interesting. in cinematics. Like, yeah. his, his mocap is in cinematics for Kojima now, Well, it's funny. In Death Stranding, he, only his likeness is used in the game. His voice is not. Right. It's not his voice. Which is kind yeah, of a no, bummer. A but in any case, it's, it, it is interesting. I think, like, the, the towing the line between, like, the quote mentioned, like, rendering a player inactive or, like, useless, right? Like, because then it becomes a different medium, which I think, like, some players are into, obviously some aren't. But yeah, no, that that is interesting because I think a good I think a good cutscene a a good cinematic experience can be skipped if you want it if you want to right so like most most recent yeah in a game so like most recently I was playing uh, Doom right there's a there's so much like lore in that game there's a conversation that's going on between the game and the player saying like hey. You can learn about every. There's little secrets. There's little runes. There's uh, echoes that are sort of like hologram or holograms of things that have happened previously, and the game is saying you can learn about all of this. Or like, hey, this is a Doom game. If you want to just go shoot demons, like you can totally do that too, and you can have the you can have just as a fulfilled experience in that regard as well. And like, I think Doom goes out of its way to make its make its players feel like super badass, and like it uses the score to do that. It uses a lot of really awesome cutscenes to do that. But it's also like, hey, if you it gives a player agency, and it's like, hey, if you want to like fuck off and go blast demons for the next you know fifteen hours or so, like do it. You don't have to watch any of this shit. None of that shit matters if you don't want it to matter. Yeah, I'm cool with game developers allowing us to skip cutscenes. I personally, if I'm playing through the game, I want to watch because yeah. I'm I feel like I'm gonna miss yeah. story. But before like we wrap things up, I kind of wanted to ask you guys. Do you prefer it to have a cutscene that is clearly like a scripted cutscene outside of the game engine, or do you now like those cutscenes that kind of flow and just are shown in the game engine? Because, like, to use an example, a lot of what we've seen with Red Dead is showing from the gameplay engine, whereas, like, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, their cutscenes are all, like, scripted cinematics, and then you can even use, like, Horizon Zero Dawn. They kind of use a mix of both, yeah. where 
when she goes to talk to somebody, it's in the game engine, but then there are some specifically scripted cinematics that are outside that engine. So which do you prefer? It's a good question. Uh, Christian, you go first. Man, <laughs> I'm more of a reactionary person. I like hearing what people say and then giving my thoughts after that. But if I have to go first, um, on the condition that there's an, like a, a, an okay transition, that there's not that much of a jarring... If it's not going from like pixelated to like super smooth all of a sudden, like yeah. there's a kind of a... Because then I'm because I'm not even paying attention to the cutscene. I'm like, wait, oh, okay, we're going. Um, yeah. But uh, if I had to pick between the two, I'd say I would like to have that moment where um, the cutscene is pre-rendered or whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. Because sometimes I do miss out on story beats. Like I really like when a game will have you know during the gameplay you get some character moments or story beats when you know, the the characters are interacting. But sometimes they'll be, especially like in an Uncharted, though, sometimes they'll be like, oh, you see that over there? Like, that must mean this or that. But right. because we're, like, farther out, I'm like, wait, are they talking about something they see on this table? Or are they talking about something in the distance? But in a cutscene, it's very clearly directing you towards what they're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I totally agree with you guys. Because, I, I, like, an in-game, no matter how beautiful it is, whether it's the Fox engine or the Decima engine or what have you, it's never going to look as good and as crisp and as immersive and um, as much of a cinematic experience as it will look pre-rendered and pre-built. So, yeah, as long as, like, it, the screen doesn't go black and I look at a fucking loading wheel for, like, a minute, then um, I would prefer it to be, like, pre-rendered for sure. What about you, Steve? It's weird because, like, I, I like them both, but as we're kind of moving forward in technology i'm really enjoying how more games are kind of just flowing seamlessly into cutscenes just using the engine yeah because like i think it's it's showing a lot of growth in the, in the developers where they're like you know what let's see what we can do with every bit of technology at our fingertips so that's one of the main reasons i'm really excited about uh, red dead redemption 2 because everything we've seen most of it is in the actual game engine which is insane like a lot of these crazy action scenes we're seeing that are flowing seamlessly it's all things you can do when playing and that's something that's really appealing because it adds to that feeling of like oh shit i'm kind of like playing through an actual cinematic experience now and so it adds to that immersive feel and like i said that's right up my alley like that those are the games that i gravitate towards all the time um, so I, I, I like them both. Like, I don't, I don't hate it when a game like Tomb Raider, like I just played through that. Like, I don't hate it when they decide to, you know, we're going to just do our own cutscenes. Like we're going to separate it from the actual gameplay. Yeah. That's fine. Like they, they look great. They were some of the coolest cutscenes I've played this year for sure. Like there's some really awesome action scenes that play out that you have no control over. You just watch and enjoy. And like, it puts you in the seat where you're like, Oh shit, I'm kind of watching an, an action movie now. And those are super enjoyable. But at the same time, like God of War, like I said, when you just all of a sudden go to call the world serpent and you think a cutscene's coming, but it's really just the gameplay engine and that giant serpent rears its head and just that booming voice hits you and you're like, holy shit, this is incredible. So I think it can be done well both ways. Um, As we're kind of moving forward in technology, I do like seeing more studios trying to use it in the gameplay engine though. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I want to, I want to like put out a survey to like all gamers and get their opinions on that. Cause I feel like I, I get, we get some pretty split responses, but that was cool. I, again, like, I feel like we touched on things that we hadn't in the past and I, like, I'm now thinking about things in a way that I hadn't before. So that, that was really cool. And, and of course, Christian, thanks for sharing your, your insight, especially from a tech perspective. 
So before we move on to patch notes, which is where we cover some gaming news, I meant to do this before we even hit the topic of the podcast. Christian, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the film uh, industry and like how you got interested into the, in, in the things that you, you now do very well. Well, hey guys, if you're listening up to this point, my name is Christian and uh, I do videos. Man, I'm much better at answering like one question at a time. Well, let's, we'll, we'll deconstruct it. What got you interested in film? Realizing that people made them. For the longest time, you grow up and you just assume that these movies and TV shows, they're just magically transported from, I don't know, imagination land into our TVs. And the moment I found out around age 10, like, oh, wait, no, people make these. And, you know, I'm maybe by age 10, that's, like, really obvious. But, um, yeah, so really early on, when I saw, like, the movie magic TV shows back in the days that showed just how much creativity goes into... Uh, trying to create illusions for audiences in these films i was like oh that sounds like a lot of fun and that's one of the earliest like inkling i had that i wanted to be a part of the film industry which i don't feel like i'm in yet you were you were just tapped to do a short documentary you're in the industry (laughs) you know no one's asking us to do a documentary so that's uh, i'm glad you guys can think about it like that so like what what is like what is your workload look like now like what are you currently working on what are the things that people should kind of keep their eyes out for i mean the right now the stuff that people could watch would be i'm putting out some vlogs i went to japan earlier this uh year with uh ian from ok beast yeah he's a friend i've known for a while now and i had the pleasure of going out to japan for his wedding to shoot that yep. and um i also spent some time with him out there so i'm putting out the vlogs if i was in like july but i'm i've been pretty busy since i got back so i've yeah. been putting them out like not very often but if anyone wants to see any of the stuff i shot out there um check me out on twitter there as far as stuff that probably won't get posted for a while as we kind of alluded to um i got hired for a contract position for this mini documentary awesome. um, are you allowed to say I can, what it's I, for i mean i feel like i can talk a little bit about it i mean okay. without mentioning names sure. or anything like that you know the long and short of it is uh this you know documentary crew they um, shot these girls out of texas who are um they went to a retreat to uh train uh to be like buddhist nuns wow yeah and um and so the crew follows them and you know to this camp this retreat and um it's a very positive experience uh, sometimes it's it's easy to think like oh wait where is this going but yeah. no it's a very positive thing for everyone awesome man well everyone go check out christian's work you can find him as Pixel Brave on Twitter. Uh, let's keep the show going. We got to kind of scoot through news because I have to <laughs> go do this for another hour and a half. But this is the part of the episode where we update you on the gaming news that broke since last we spoke. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Patch Notes. For Patch Notes 10.04.18, Steve, why don't you go first? What do you have for news? More PlayStation news. I feel like this is like the third week in a row, maybe. But this is fantastic news. I feel like this has been the like the past couple weeks has just been PlayStation. Like, all right, guys, we're gonna we'll give you everything what you've been asking you for for so yeah. long. So this is from Kotaku from the Oracle, Jason Schreier. Game developers say they're preparing for PSN name changes. Good news. Yeah. So now a little bit from the article. As PlayStation users across the world wonder whether they'll ever get to change their names from or to XX underscore 
Goku. I can't even read this. Goku Sephiroth 420 underscore XX. Goku Sephiroth? <laughs> I mean, Sephiroth? Is that a Dragon Ball Z Final I'm, Fantasy hybrid? Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a Dragon Ball Z guy, so well, it's also that's, Final that's Fantasy, over my head. So. The option now seems closer than ever. Developers of multiplayer games tell Kotaku that they're preparing for PlayStation Network name changes to finally come soon. Three people at three different game studios speaking anonymously because they are not authorized to talk to press said that in recent months they've been fixing bugs, tweaking settings, and ensuring that their games are compatible with Sony's plans. A fourth person who worked for a game studio shared a photo obtained from internal Sony, internal Sony documentation of a PSN profile containing the option edit username. The documentation was a guide for changing one's name on the PlayStation Network, that person said. So there's no time frame, but... It appears the wheels are in motion. Let's get some PSN name changes. This has been this has been years in the making. Let's just give me the ability so I don't have my shitty last name as my username on PlayStation. Yes, this is a selfish thing. I'm but fine with my PSN. Give me the name. username I'm change. Cool with mine. Well, I made this back in two thousand six when I got a PS three and I was in such a rush to make my network name because yeah. I was like, I want to just play these games and then all of a sudden they started accumulating trophies and I was like, Well fuck, now I'm stuck with You're this like, thing. Blink one eighty two for life. So hey. This is good news. I'm looking forward to uh, changing it to some Always Sunny reference. Maybe Hans Vermit. Run him, perhaps. <laughs> Spiedemann. Spiedemann. But good news. I'm happy for this. Cool. Good news from PlayStation. Let's keep it going. Matt, what do you have for news? Uh, Blizzard co-founder Mike Morhaime is stepping down after 27 years. This is from Polygon by Ryan Gilliam and Samit Sarkar. Uh, on Wednesday... Wonder Twins of Polygon. Yeah. On Wednesday, <laughs> Mike Morhaime, uh stepped down, effective immediately. He is going to serve as an advisor to Blizzard, but he was one of the original co-founders back in 1991 when Blizzard was known as Silicon Damn. and Synapse, which, thank God, they changed that name. I don't know. That kind of rolls. That kind of rolls <laughs> off the tongue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The In the article, quote, uh, in addition, he contributed many of the company's games as a developer, including roles as a programmer, producer, or exec- executive producer on titles such as The Lost Vikings, all three Warcraft games, the first two Diablo games, the original Jesus. Starcraft, and World of Warcraft, which, like, oh, my God, what a resume. Jesus, yeah, exactly. What a, resume. what a goddamn resume. <laughs> what a resume. Yeah, I said it too. Um, so, yeah, I don't. He doesn't really explain why uh, BlizzCon is. He, all he explains is like how thankful he is, what a privilege it's been. You know, maybe it's it's been thirty years. Maybe it's just time time to yeah. move on or something like that. I mean, I'm glad that he that it's not because of like some shitty thing he did. You know, oh, because I feel yeah, like we get sure. a lot of that news, and yeah, I'm like yeah. fucking tired of it. Yeah. So um, the you know BlizzCon is coming up, so he usually gives the opening address to that so hopefully he'll also still give the opening address at this upcoming one and just talk about his decision more but there's also um, longer messages on uh on the company's website if you want to read it yeah cool some blizzard news uh and i'm gonna round it off for patch notes my news piece is coming from Polygon, and this is coming from Ben Kuchera, uh, and it is about the Nintendo Switch. The headline is, Report the new uh, new Switch hardware coming in 2019. 
I'm going to read a little bit from it here. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that a new version of the popular Nintendo Switch hardware will be arriving next year, quote, according to suppliers and others with direct knowledge of the plan. Uh, There are a few other details about what the new hardware revision would improve over the current model. The current Switch uses a lower-end liquid crystal display without some of the technologies that are standard in more recent smartphone LCDs, the Wall Street Journal reported. Quote, updating... The display with these technologies would make it brighter, thinner, and more energy efficient. The updated Switch isn't expected to adopt the organic light-emitting diode or OLED panels used in Apple Inc.'s iPhone X series. And then it talks about some of the sales uh, projections that the Switch has, which are obviously very good. But yeah, I don't know. Everyone's getting all crazy about it. If those are the only features that will be improved upon, I don't think this is a big deal. Like, I'm not going to rush to get a Switch 2.0 if it's just going to have, like, a brighter, thinner screen and be more battery efficient. Um, It would be cool to have a more efficient battery, but I've never had a battery problem with mine. So um, I've played it on very long flights, and it's always been fine. Yeah, it's just like the same thing Sony and Microsoft do when they release the Slims, like, it's another it's like minor upgrades to the hardware just so they can improve console sales just go for it like why not you know so that was patch notes 10.04.18 where we update you on the gaming news that broke since last we spoke before we close it out we do have a couple voicemails but we will save it for the next episode because we're running short on time here but christian thank you so much for being here man this was awesome yeah thanks for having me i hope i did all right uh, i don't i don't podcast too much but I, i'm definitely trying to step it up a bit more yeah i think we initially crossed paths in front of the messenger booth which makes sense because that's where i spent like 90 percent of my time at pax was just f- drooling over the messenger but uh yeah I'm, I'm super i feel super fortunate that we met and um yeah that was a super cool meeting and you were at the party too right yeah, i was actually struggling because i drank too much the night before so i was if you notice from the video i'm mostly drinking water but yeah the video that you made for that party is awesome fantastic work man and we're, we're looking forward to everything else that you have coming out soon and again if people want to find you they can find you at pixel brave on twitter and pixel brave pretty much everywhere else as well correct yeah hit me up hit me up talk to me about movies games anime whatever awesome. speaking of anime i just started my hero academia and it's fucking amazing we could talk more about that off air but thank you so much for being here man we really appreciate it oh you bet it's been great it's been a lot of fun and i'm looking forward to talking to you guys way more definitely now. yeah definitely so everybody go check out christian aka pixel braves work because it's tremendous and keeping out for the stuff is coming out in the near future and ladies and gentlemen i hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it for you and if you did let us know you can tweet at us you can email us you can call us at 347-509-5620 if you want to talk about any games and movies or anything else that we talked about on the podcast give us a ring and let us know we would love to hear from you And of course, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, we appreciate you and we will talk to you very soon. 